You're listening to a sermon from Tyler Christian Fellowship in Tyler, Texas. Find us on the web at tcftyler.com or send us an email, tcftyler at gmail.com. If you're a guest with us this morning, we're glad that you're here. Um, just make yourself at home. Let the Lord speak to you because I know he wants to, to do this. Uh, this um, a very unique uh, day for us. We, we don't get to do this often enough, um, but I just thought um, as a good preparation for Thanksgiving that we would just spend the whole service uh, just uh, hearing from a few of our uh, members, um, just sharing uh, good things that God has done in their lives and what he's doing in their hearts. And um, a lot of this is stuff that we've gone through together as a body. Um, and uh, so um, we just... Uh, Looking forward to hearing from uh, some real precious members of our of our uh, church family here today. And at the end, we're going to have communion, so you don't have to be a member here uh, to uh, fully participate in this. This is a table that was set by Jesus for all of us, and He wants all of us to participate. So you just make yourself. Uh, I mean, just as this is this is family, and your family. So uh, you come and um, and let the Lord minister to your heart. So first up this morning, uh, Ramey uh, is going to come and share a testimony with. Give him a good welcome. He's, uh, he's got an amazing uh, story, testimony. I mean, just the fact that he's here is, uh, is a, a real testimony. Um, but uh, just some of the faithfulness of God over the last few months. So, Yes, like Brother Joe said, there's... I probably spend all day sitting here telling my whole testimony, but um, I started coming here, sitting over here in this corner, um, really selfish reasons. I was coming for my daughter, to see my daughter and be able to see my niece and my nephew. Little did I know God's true plan. Um, He started, I mean, through everyone here, showing me his true love. Um, I feel God's love in this place so much that, and through everybody, just, it's so amazing. It's so, it's so great to be able to come somewhere and, um, being from my background and people knowing my background, but still feel loved. Um, he brought me to, to where I, I, Finally gave myself to him, truthfully and honestly. Um, then I sit over here during during praise and worship, you know, with with tears of of sorrow and and going through a lot of turmoil on the inside, but through a lot of prayer, through a lot of guidance, and um, from many of y'all, uh, I was I was going through a lot of pain. Uh, from a previous wreck and all like that, uh, working a job that I knew, I knew I could make it. I could make my bills. I could, I could, uh, you know, do what I needed to do without, you know, resorting back to my old ways. But I was in constant pain every single day. I would come home and I was hurting. It, it kept me from doing certain things that I wanted to do, uh, even in the house of the Lord. Um, Then, not only Brother Joe, but 
a few other people here, uh, the Allens especially, they're not here now, but uh, encouraged me to take a step of faith and, you know, quit the job. I knew God did not want me hurting the way I was hurting. I knew that in my heart of hearts. I knew God did not want me hurting the way I was hurting. But I just wouldn't take that step of faith. The very same day that I did take my step of faith and I told my uh, boss, Kevin, I was like, look, I can't work for you anymore. I'm, I'm just, I'm killing myself. I'm hurting myself too much. Um, that very same day, on my way back home from telling him this, my boss now comes by my house. He was a, he's an ex-boss of mine. About five years back, we he parted ways and everything. But he come by my house and left a note with my, with my cousin having me to call him and offered me another job. Uh, a job where all I'm doing is, is driving a car. That's all I do is drive a car. And to put the, the, the whipped cream and the cherry <laughs> on top of it all, within a few short months, actually two more months, I'm going to be a legitimate business owner doing the same thing. My boss is, is passing the business on to me because he wants to get out of it. That is... Thank you so much. Um, and it's all just all glory to God because I have a little bit of fear about, about um, taking over the business. But I've kind of liked that little bit of fear because it's actually showing me that I can't do it on my own. I have to have God. God leading me. God, me just taking that step in faith. When he, and when he points, I go. Um, and I'm so grateful because I'm going to be able to, to, to provide a job for somebody that's going to be able to help their family, you know, um, I, and I see God's done showed me many things, how he's going to let it grow. He's going to make it grow and I'm going to be able to, to expand. I'm going to be able to prosper the church. I'm going, I mean, I'm just so happy and grateful and filled, filled full of joy. You know, it's just, it's amazing Amen. what God can do yeah. when you truly let him. Yeah. Thank you. Love you Hallelujah. So uh, the thing that really prompted this, my, my thoughts in this, um, is that um, it's probably been two or three months ago. It might have been a little longer than that. Uh, Brother Rodney called me up and just said he wanted to come by and visit with me for a few minutes, and um, which I always love spending time with Rodney. Um, and he shared a testimony uh, that many of us were part of and, part, and, and witnessed and uh, participated in over the last year. And, um, and since then, almost every Sunday, I've told him I really want him to share that testimony, and we just haven't been able to fit it into a service. And so this morning, uh, I'm going to get Rodney to come and just share uh, his, uh, his, the, what he shared with me and, and his journey. Are you, and Joyce, too? You going to come, too? Yeah. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. It's on. 
So put it up to you now. Okay, yeah. thank you. I'm going to do a scripture in just a minute, so let me get turned to it. My text for my sermon. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, it was okay, Joe, to keep putting it off. It was perfectly all right <laughs> with me. <laughs> but uh, what I want to share with you is... Uh, a testimony that I trust will be uplifting to the Lord and give the, uh, our Heavenly Father uh, absolute, total, complete credit for what I'm about to say because He is the one that deserves the, the credit. And uh, as you uh, know, uh, Joyce had uh, cancer surgery uh, in uh, January the 3rd of uh, last year, been almost a year now, but uh, it was extremely difficult and everyone, ex including all of the medical profession, expected her to go to MD Anderson in Houston to have it done, but the decision that Joyce made, uh, that uh, because we had the confidence that there was a doctor here in Tyler that could do this surgery, and uh, and decided to have it done here. But what it was, it was a very large uh, uh, carcinoma in her low, deep in her abdominal cavity. And there was, it was extremely rare for it to occur at her age in, in that position in the body. And uh, there was a, a lot of consultation that went on with different medical doctors uh, how to proceed and uh, so these we knew the surgery was going to be life-changing that her life would never be uh, totally back to normal but it did have the potential of being back to near normal and we are so thankful to God that that's the, uh, the situation now but I can tell you that it did not come easy. It was, I won't go into all of the details, but it was an extremely difficult and long surgery, and the recovery time was very long and extremely difficult. And with the, uh, and it included, I will say this, a urostomy. Uh, and so as the, uh, days turned into weeks and the weeks into months and still a satisfactory uh, reliable system of urostomy uh, was not uh, achieved well it was very trying and very discouraging and just uh, extremely discouraged we were down we have God has blessed us so much uh, in our life uh, this was really the first time we had uh, the two of us had really been hit hard like this. Uh, it's always been to other people that were close to us that we knew, but never in our immediate circle of family. And uh, so it was a very extremely difficult experience for us. But what my testimony to you is, is that I want to uh, 
pass on to you uh, is that uh, during this, the, the first uh, beginnings of this time, uh, I did not uh, read the Bible, which was <laughs> a confession, of, and I don't know why. I'd look at the Bible, and I just couldn't pick it up. It was not that my faith was uh, harmed or lessened to any degree, but my mind was, I thought about nothing. Uh, but Joyce, I knew I would get back to reading the Bible, but I didn't read the Bible at all during that time. Uh, at least for, I would say, a few weeks which is a pretty long time. And, uh, but I did think of the scriptures. And uh, I reviewed the scriptures in my mind over and over. And uh, the first time I sat down to really to read the Bible the Lord gave me the thought he said uh, the verses that you've been thinking, thinking on uh, that you've shared many times with others in a time of need when you were trying to lift someone up or give them an encouraging word of comfort or encouragement <clears throat> you didn't realize that these same verses that you were sharing would be the words that would now comfort you. <laughs> so that's my testimony to you that <clears throat> the Lord is faithful. I want to give you one uh, scripture, and this is one that I shared with uh, Brother Keith. He'll remember uh, when he was when uh, Doreen had her emergency surgery with a broken leg, and it was an extremely uh, serious surgery. It was lengthy, and uh, while the surgery was going on, they could not give them a a promising, definite, good news prognosis until the surgery was actually done. And uh, it's a scripture that I shared with Keith. I gotta do this. <clears throat> but it's in uh, Hebrews fourth chapter. I think I can see through my tears better if I do this and get it up close. <clears throat> Verse 14 and 15, I'll just for brevity, I'll just read two verses. 
But this is a scripture that in, in Hebrews, Paul had been uh, describing the greatness of Christ and what a great high priest we have and how what a perfect way it is that replaced a most imperfect way of coming to Christ. And so he just reached a crescendo and he said, therefore, you know, after he told us all those things about how wonderful this high priest is, he said, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And now verse 16. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help grace to help us in our time of need. So that's my testimony to you. That if we call upon him and if we hold true to the faith, he will, and if we come to him boldly, he will show us the grace and give us the mercy to help us in our very time of need. And after about, uh, <clears throat> after, I guess, three and a half months later, well, just all of a sudden, from one day to the next, the, the right procedure for her uh, urostomy was uh, found and selected and used, and there hasn't been one second's trouble since. It's just worked perfectly. What Joyce I want you to say something. I want you to tell these people how much you appreciate them. I do. I do want to thank the Lord for healing, and I want to thank all of you for praying for us and the meals you brought us and the gifts and the flowers and uh, so many things. You just don't know how much of an encouragement it was, but the Word of God is what's important. And I want to encourage you for yourselves and for your children. Teach them the Word of God. Have them memorize it because when you go through trouble, you can't read. I couldn't read for longer than he did, and not because of feeling down, but just <clears throat> my mind wouldn't do it. But I quote those scriptures I'd memorized. Just before this happened, we were studying, uh, the ladies were studying Hannah, and um, when she came and Eli told her, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And then later on in the weeks I was reading, even in the New Testament, Jesus said that to people. Then this hit us all of a sudden, and there were two different surgeries, and a stage three and a stage one and all this kind of stuff. But the only thing I could hear in my mind was Jesus saying, get up and get going. Your faith has made you whole. So memorize scripture. It's important. While I have the podium, <laughs> I'm going to read one more scripture to us as an encouragement uh, from Hebrews 10:23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward good, toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Amen. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. God bless you. You know, uh, getting ready for this uh, service, I was thinking about just the whole concept of, um, of testimony and testifying, and the reason why people testify is to build a case. It's to build an argument, um, and that argument works on the inside probably first. Sharing a testimony is a way for you to build a case for yourself, for you to remind yourself, because we all go through ups and downs. David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, and that's what it, it happens first. And it also, when you see it in somebody else's life, it has powerful effect on your own. To know the people that we're called to serve with, shoulder to shoulder and arm to arm, when we see them go through difficult times and when we see them praise the Lord and, and, and share testimonies of God's faithfulness, it encourages us as well. That's why church is so important. It's such an important thing. We weren't meant to do this thing alone we were meant to do it together, and we were also meant to speak up and to talk about the great things that God is doing because we need it ourselves, but also others need it as well. So the next person we're going to hear from this morning is Peggy uh, McPherson. Let's give her a good welcome as she comes. I can't even begin to um, tell you everything that has happened in the last year. We'd be here till tonight. Um, it's, it's an amazing story. The details and the little things that God did along the way. I mean, if you want to know more, just corner me sometime and I'll tell you more. Because it is an amazing story. But it started a year ago at this time exactly. Uh, I wasn't feeling well and went to the doctor, didn't get any help from the doctor. And so I decided to go ahead and go to Missouri to see my parents for Thanksgiving. And Elizabeth and I got in this car and took off and I got sicker and worse and really, really bad. And we stopped in a motel and spent the night and I felt a little better in the morning, but I I wanted to keep going to Missouri, and Elizabeth was, no, you're going to the emergency room. Oh, I can go. No, Mom, you have a brain tumor. You are going to the emergency room. And so she drove me to the emergency there in Oklahoma, 
and they could tell right away something was seriously wrong and they got me back right away and after the MRI the doctor came in and laid his hand gently on my leg and said Miss McPherson I'm sorry it's not a stroke you have three brain tumors and they couldn't do anything for me there it was a small hospital and they sent me to Tulsa and immediately uh, my husband Ed started coming in and Steve and Helen Clark started driving up to Tulsa to be with us because it was just Elizabeth all by herself with me and um, the doctor there came in and told us that I, he wasn't in network and he couldn't do the surgery and so I'd have to go someplace else and so we called my doctor here in Tyler to see if she could refer me to somebody and when we called we got the um, answering service because it was on Thanksgiving and the office was closed and they told her they told the answering service we needed to talk to her and they said well we're not calling her because it's a holiday and so the doctor up in Tulsa when we told him that he was furious and he got on the phone and he called the office I don't know what he said, but whatever he said, because two minutes later, my doctor was calling me personally. <laughs> and so um, we got it so we um, could get a doctor here in Tyler to do the surgery. And made this little trip, this little caravan of cars all the way from Tulsa back here to Tyler. And we pulled up into the emergency room and there was Joe standing there waiting for me. And I saw him, and I wanted to cry. And I thought, oh, no, if I start crying, he'll start crying. Then everybody will be crying, so I'm not going to cry. <laughs> but when I saw him standing there, though, it was like I was seeing Jesus standing there. That's what it was. It was Jesus standing there, welcoming me home and telling me it was going to be okay. And I went in, and I had surgery, and the doctor told Ed that he'd pretty sure he'd gotten everything, but it was cancerous that I had. It's called a glioblastoma. It's a very aggressive, reoccurring brain tumor. And... Um, the survival rate is pretty yuck. Um, it's 11 to 15 months, and only 33% of people even live that long. So I started fighting and battling and radiation and chemo, and chemo was horrible, and I couldn't finish it because it made me so sick. And I said, I can't. I can't even hold my new granddaughter that was just born because I'm so sick. I said, this is not life. I can't, I can't do this. If I only have a few months to live, I want to be able to enjoy it. And so I stopped chemo. And um, there's this new treatment that we found out about from Indy Anderson that is it's really wild <laughs> i have these arrays these patches that have little 
electrodes in them with wires leading out of them and I have to apply those to my head and then it's hooked up to a battery and when they detect a brain cell forming or trying to separate it zaps it with electricity and kills it it's really a weird you know <laughs> but it's worked I have not had I don't have a reoccurrence of no no cancer the um, God though has there's been a lot of side effects or other secondary things happen and the Lord has I mean I have been near death three or four times real 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 close even though it wasn't cancer it was something else uh, Elizabeth came home one night afternoon and found me on the floor passed out and had to call 911 and they got me to the hospital in the ER room the doctor came in and told Elizabeth you better call your family we don't think she's going to make it through the night and of course I made it through the night and the next day and the next day and the next day and just God has been so faithful um, I as people people have been praying, it's been people's prayers. It's people all over the world are praying for me, and that's their prayers. And my dad, when he was praying for me one time, said he felt like God told him that he that God was going to heal me, and when God healed me, that there was going to be revival here in this church. So look out. <laughs> Because it's coming. <laughs> Let me see if there's anything else. <laughs> I mean, th there is so much. Just, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much, how God has, he has orchestrated so many little things to that for instance, my daughter who doesn't live here in Tyler anymore, lives in Washington, works at a Build-A-Bear up there. And so when she comes down home to visit, which she's taking time off quite a few times to come home and visit and be with me, they've Build-A-Bear here in Tyler has allowed her to work so she can continue to earn money and pay her bills and everything. And before I even was diagnosed, she got that job. So before we even knew that she needed that job, God did. God knew. And he's the one that got her in that position so she could be work here. It's so There's just a million little things like that. We're just so amazed. I really appreciate all your prayers and all the meals over 100 think even close to 150 meals have been brought to my house this last year and I'm so grateful it is just amazing that I'm standing here even then I can stand it's it's amazing it's amazing God is faithful Amen. God is faithful so thank you very much please continue to pray and um Watch out because <laughs> the Spirit is coming and He's going to be moving in your lives because He wants to see a church on fire for Him. And Amen.
and I'm excited too. Thank Amen. you. Amen. So can you say amen to that? Isn't that what we want? From the very beginning, you could tell, man. I mean, you know, it's not a fairy tale, but... Peggy is transformed by this whole experience, and, uh, and I know God is doing amazing things in her life, but also in the life of the church as a result of that, so we just say amen to that. Uh, the last one this morning is uh, our resident, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but uh, she started a uh, Caring Bridge um, page uh, when Sawyer was in the hospital, and I'm sure she'd probably share a little bit about that, but it was um, Monday Gratitude. Is that what it was, or Sunday? Sunday Gratitude? So, okay, sometimes it's Monday, but uh, it's a good way to start your week. Yeah, it's a good way to start your week. And she started it by saying thank you. It was just like, you know, I'm going to thank God, even when I'm going through the worst that I, anybody can imagine, that, you know, if the devil's going to pick on her, he's going to suffer the consequences because... She is not going to let it pass, and she is not going to get um, discouraged from sharing the good things that God is doing. So I've asked uh, Heather to come and share a testimony this morning. Let's give her a good welcome. Um, well, lest you think that I never get discouraged. Don't think that. Don't think that, because I can promise you, sometimes we'll have a week, and Josh will go, <laughs> what are you going to write this time? How, how are you going to spin it? And I'm like, I'm thankful for gum. <laughs> so, but the, the blessing, one of the blessings about the Sunday gratitude is all of you, because you hold me accountable, because I know that if I didn't post something, I'm going to be getting a call, and, or y'all are going to think something's really wrong because there's got to be something really wrong. And a few people have said, well, how long are you going to keep doing it? And I'm not really sure. You know, it's been, it's been four years now almost, and um, as long as God is asking me to do it and providing the grace, I'll continue. Um, but that's how, so there might be somebody in here who doesn't know that uh, Sawyer, our eighth child, uh, was diagnosed with cancer when he was seven months old. And so um, we spent, he has spent most of his life in and out of the hospital. The first, the first years we were living in the hospital and dad was home with the kids. And, um, you know, I, like the, the others who have shared, I mean, I could stand up here and I would love to and list the, the miracles and the blessings. He's alive is a miracle and Amen. a blessing. I Amen. mean, they gave him, they told him he wasn't going to live through the day, the day he was diagnosed. And he had about a 34% chance of survival. And he's about to turn five in two weeks. And so um, 
it is, it's just a miracle in every way. And Sunday Gratitude got started because uh, we were living in the hospital and, you know, it was just hard and we were, Josh and I were living apart and things were going on at home and I couldn't be there and my kids needed a mom and we had our newly adopted kids and they were falling apart and they thought that they'd lost another mother um, that they'd had to say goodbye to and, you know, I'm laying in a hospital room watching my infant receiving chemo and these nurses are gowned from head to toe and masks on their face and gloves up their arms and it has to be carried by two women that have to look and double check and check double check because this is toxic poison made for adults okay baby open your mouth and let me squirt it in your mouth I mean it was really easy I could feel myself becoming hard and sad and um, I was laying on my uh, vinyl couch bed next to the hospital crib watching the monitors and I heard God say thank me so I obeyed I knew it was him and I started to you know thank you for my children thank you for my husband and and I knew when I was doing it that that was not what he meant he said, thank me for this trial. And I did not know how to do that. But he provided the grace to begin to find the, the blessings, to find that, you know, every day we could glean something. You know, the songs that were in worship today were so perfectly chosen and um the, the one about kneeling on the battleground. You kneel on the battleground and you count your blessings. And then you stand on the mountain and you count your blessings. We've got to do it and we've got to do it. And we get tired of it because everything but the blessings are easy to find. It is not hard to come up with the things that are ugly and the things you want to complain about those you don't have to give any thought at all they fall right out of your mouth and joe will will uh reference it all the time when something blurts out of your mouth and you go where did that come from it came from here that was in me that was in me and that is what is coming out of my mouth out of the fill, fullness of the heart that's what the mouth speaks I wanted, I desire so badly, like we all do, I want my words to be salt. I want my words to be light. I want my words to be praise. And so that verse that says, you know, every step, we have to breathe in the grace. He'll give us the grace step by step. He doesn't give it in advance, the manna that rots in your pocket. You can't store it up, but you have to glean it and glean it and glean it and breathe out his praise. And so that is what Sunday gratitude has come out of. And that's not what Joe asked me to share about. I'm so sorry. Um, but through the process of being in and out of the hospital, um, one of the the things that has been the most constant thing is going to the clinic. We, that's where Sawyer receives his treatment. Uh, when he was out of living in the hospital, we would come back to Dallas. That's where we have to travel every time. And he would receive his treatment, whether it was for a few days, one day, um, 
it started out weekly, then he graduated to monthly, and then now he, even though he finished treatment nearly two years ago, they still watch him for follow-ups. They check his blood. They check, um, you know, all different, a physical exam, making sure that his cancer has not returned. And so, and he is, he's cancer-free. We just went, we just went this week, and he, he, he remains cancer-free. Glory to the Lord and to the amazement of his doctors. They, they, I mean, he's like an urban legend up there. They always are bringing in students and they're like, show us the pictures of his blood again. And this child, this child had a, a white blood count of 570,000 and a hemoglobin of two and the jaws drop. And they just can't believe that this kid who's banging on the computer and spinning on the doctor's chair is that same baby. Um, but so when he went two months ago, um, after the end of your visit, you get to pick a prize. It's a children's hospital, and they know that these kids are going through really hard things, really ugly things, really grown-up things. And so you get to pick a prize out of the prize closet. So he went in the prize closet and opened up the doors. And, you know, I mean, it was pretty – let's go to the very first one. That's the third one. You can't see very well. but um, It's a picture with, like, three pictures on it. So he opened up the cabinet – and he looks in and he goes, he reaches the first thing. And Sawyer has like this really great attitude and he's full of life and fun. And, you know, he's a kid that kind of finds joy in everything. So he reaches in and he goes, ooh, ribbon. <laughs> it was a roll of orange craft ribbon. He was, he could do something with that. He was, he was excited. And all the grownups were like, Wow, there's a prize. There's a prize for getting a needle in your arm when you're four. Ribbon. So um, we decided that that was not acceptable, and uh, we did a toy drive. And um, so we just put it out there on social media, word of mouth, friends told friends. And y'all together put together over 1,400 toys. This is Sawyer on our front steps. I mean, we were, I, I told Child Life that we were coming to, to bring prizes for the prize closet. And they said, awesome, we'll bring you a wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we're going to need more than a wagon. So they brought us two huge, huge bins, and they were full to the top. And, and not just, not just junk. I mean, this, they were beautiful prizes for boys and girls. There were toys for babies and there were a bunch of gift cards that teenagers really get overlooked because people will buy, you know, stuff at the dollar store or whatever, but you know, it's, it's hard. You know, those of you who have teenagers, when you're thinking of what to put in a stocking, it gets teenagers are expensive and they aren't necessarily happy with I mean maybe they like a whoopee cushion but you know sometimes it's hard to find something cheap that'll make them happy but we we got McDonald's cards and Sonic cards and Starbucks cards and Google and Apple Play and stuff that they would actually enjoy you know I said that Sawyer does he's got a great attitude he can find joy in some ribbon but a lot of those kids are miserable they're sick and they're hurting. And that prize closet is designed to bring a smile. And so when they open it up and there's nothing in there for them, you know, 
it's just really hard. And we got a call the very next day from one of our, our kids that um, we're connected with, and they said, Zane had a hard time picking because <laughs> there was so much to choose from. And that was, was awesome. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that as much as I will choose and... God be in my strength. I will continue to choose to praise him um, because I know I still hold my breath every time we go to the clinic. It's never going to be over. We're always going to wait and hold our breath when we wait for the blood work to come back because it could come back at any time or it could be something different. Um, a friend of ours relapsed with cancer that was caused by his treatment. So the, it's never going to be over, but we praise along the way. We praise along the way. We turn our, our hearts to that frequency because I wish we could be used in a different way. This isn't what we would choose, but we don't get to choose. We don't get to choose. Um, and one of the, one of the verses that has been a real touchstone for me is Psalm 126. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. At the end of the verse, it says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And my heart was so full to see Becky singing today. And one of my favorite things to do when Becky's singing, because I know she thought she'd never sing again. I know there was a time when she thought she would never do that again. And it's our favorite when you sing, Becky. And my second favorite is to watch him watching her sing. Because <laughs> you love her so much. And y'all lift one another. Um, but those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy. That's the thing. We don't get to choose. We don't get to choose some of the things that come into our lives that are just, we live in a broken, fallen world, and there's sickness, and there's cancer, and there's death, and there's pain, and there's sin. But we choose what to do with the seed. You can close it in your fist, and you can shake your fist at God, and you can turn hard and cold and angry and bitter, or you can sow it. You can sow it into somebody else's life because there are other people whose little boys don't look like that. But you can choose to enter into their pain and come alongside and continue sowing. And that's what this church does and we'll continue to do. And we're so grateful to be a part of it. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Hey, real quick. Tell them about the uh, Nerf gun. Oh, okay. And so we get up there, and there's also uh, another family who's choosing to do the same thing, um, trying to sow joy in a dark place. Um, and their son loved Nerf guns, and he was always shooting at his nurses, and, and so he was kind of known for that, that um, uh, always would get him Nerf guns. Well, he passed away 
uh, last year. He died at 10 years old. And his mom wanted to continue his legacy, so she arranged a Nerf war at the hospital. And um, so they asked, their goal was to provide 100 Nerf guns and pass them out to the kids. Well, Nerf got wind of this and wanted to be a part, so they had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and bullets and every kind. I never saw such an uh, arsenal in all my life. Uh, so they, but they were going to be there the same day. And so I had contacted them, you know, we're doing a toy drive. Do you want us to bring some guns? And they said, no, no, don't bring us anymore. We've, we've got too many. But thank you. Bring Sawyer by. We'd like to meet him and he can pick something out. So she just takes him by the hand and walks him back there. And he comes back staggering with this bazooka it's like four feet long he can't he can't even it's too heavy he can't shoot it by himself because it's so heavy it shoots i think eight bullets at a time and so he had so much fun picking that out and they just really blessed him and um he said um my favorite part about today is that I got to bless some friends and I got blessed. Good. Thanks, Heather. We're going to, let's stand together. We're going to worship for a minute and then we're going to go to the communion table. Amen. Such good words this morning. Amen. Doesn't that just inspire your faith? And praise the Lord. So something that that, that song that Heather was talking about, Evermore, we're breathing out your praise. That's the appropriate response this morning to what we've heard. So let's just enter in and let's just give him our hearts and just thank him for all he's done. Amen. Amen. Sing this out. For you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. And to you are all things, only you deserve the glory. For you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things, only you the glory yeah and we're singing Lord of all the earth we shout your name shout your name filling up the skies with endless praise endless praise Yahweh Yahweh we love to shout your name oh Praise, endless praise, and Yahweh, Yahweh. 
Let's just uh, pause and prepare our hearts to come to this table in a worthy manner. Lord, we don't withhold our hearts from you this day. Broken, battered, soiled, stained, and yet redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, we come to this table remembering. We remember your life. We remember your words. We remember your powerful healings and, and miracles that you did. But mostly we remember that you have redeemed us, that it's not about us, it's about you. It's not about how we have fallen or failed. It's about how you have lifted us up, how you have shown up consistently, mightily on our behalf. So we come to celebrate at your family table here. As we drink this cup, we proclaim the blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven us and has restored our relationship with you. As we break this bread, we proclaim that this was your body that was broken for us. And we nourish ourselves on your sacrifice. That you willingly laid down your life for us. And that we are your children. And by that we call you Father. And we call one another brothers and sisters. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Can I have the uh, elders and wives come? Sure.